Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome to the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so you've had quite a busy week i think we both have had a quite a busy week uh i nearly slept through all my podcasts tonight (laughs) (laughs) yeah we didn't want to torture the uh the listeners of this show with two episodes of the derek diamond experience so (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's been well. I mean, work is is crazy now. With as of this recording, we are 13 days away from the start of baseball. It, it, the whole thing has snuck up on everybody because you you can tell the urgency yeah. uh, around the office. So it, it's it's been crazy. But believe it or not, I was able to leave work early yesterday to record a total of six podcasts. <laughs> So I, I did three interviews for my show. I did one for this one, which we're not going to tell you what it is, mm-hmm. but I, I'll say this. It's going to air May 12th. Rampage! Rampage. So neither of us are available on May 12th because you're hosting a, a comedy show mm-hmm. and I'll be working. So we, we've got a nice little surprise for the listeners that mm-hmm. will air uh, that week. And then I did a sports show with some friends of mine because the NFL draft is this week. And then we did our uh, bonus uh, Patreon show for the Patreon subscribers of this show. So I was exhausted. <laughs> I was pretty much, I was podcasting almost nonstop from 1 p.m. to almost 9. Wow. That's a lot of that's, podcasting in one day. <laughs> that's a new record for me. But I, I made the decision that. I wasn't going to not do my show like the last time we played baseball. Because last time, I think I took a break from my show from like May to September. And I didn't want to do that again because it hurt the listenership of that show quite a bit. And Mm -hmm. it it took me a while to build it back up. And I don't want to lose all that again. So, But once the month of May is done, things will be a, a lot easier yeah. i think because and even with this show too is that you know i'm gonna be av- unavailable for about half of may but once that's done it'll be like one week i can do the show the next week i can't yeah. so it, it'll go in a pretty consistent pattern which is not bad it's a busy month though i mean we got Pensacon this month uh in may uh and like you said we're not going to have a live show on the 12th that will be the week that we're going to release our uh, special episode. Uh, not gonna tell anybody what it is. You'll just, you'll have to see. You'll see when it drops. Uh, I don't even want to give a hint because it'll just be a dead giveaway. <laughs> and I don't think anybody will be able to guess wh- uh, what it is. So we'll just we're just gonna drop it on you, so you'll be pleasantly surprised. And uh, of yeah. course, on the nineteenth, uh, we will have our regular Wednesday night show. But Derek will not be here. And your favorite. Uh, fact checker, Mr. Wally Phelps, will be filling in for Derek that evening. So it'll be a fun show. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been an exhausting week for me too, man. <laughs> Just, uh, doing, uh, been trying to get back on, on the stage pretty regularly doing comedy. Um, you know, I did comedy Monday night. Of course, last night we did our, uh, commentary track working my regular job. I almost slept through my podcast this evening like i had uh open micer scheduled for seven o'clock i didn't wake up till like 6 55 so yeah wow yeah almost missed it (laughs) but you made it yeah i made it made it just in time so good it's a good thing (laughs) now i'll be up half the night because i won't be able to sleep that's the thing with me about naps is that one my body doesn't let me take naps but if I do, it's like I want to stay up all night because oh, I'm mine. not tired. My body, my body lives off of naps because I don't sleep well at night. So <laughs> naps yeah, keep my, me alive. 
my fiance is the same way. She she naps pretty regularly during the week as well as on weekends, and uh, oh, my no. body's like, no, no, no naps for you. Nothing better than a good weekend nap. But the the thing is, like, there's always just so much in my mind or on my like on my mind all the time that it's like my brain won't let me sleep. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of the same way, but my body overrides my brain at this point, and my body's just like, no, you're tired. You're taking a nap. Yeah. And forces my brain into shutdown. Uh, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we got quite a bit of news to get into tonight. Are you ready to jump in? I can't wait to talk about this first story. Let's do it. <laughs> And Jason is psychic news from Polygon.com. The Noid, which we have talked about a lot since I've uh, reviewed that stupid game, gets back into video games with Crash Bandicoot crossover. The pizza, Domino's Pizza Skunking Troll turns 35 years old. Um, the Noid is officially old enough to run for president. Well, he is, which might explain why Domino's Pizza... Um, Ex, ex, what is that word? Execrable? I have never is, seen that word before in my life. Execrable. Execrable Imp returns to public life with the Crash Bandicoot Infinite Runner that launched on mobile platforms last week. The Noid, whose last video game appearance was 1990's Yo Noid for the NES, comes courtesy of another title for a thing uh, with a thing for exclamation points, Crash Bandicoot on the Run. In the game, Noid is a mini-boss opposing Crash who is only old enough to run for the House of Representatives. Players can avail themselves of in-game pizza-themed skins if they like. Um, let's see. Uh, Domino's has brought the Noid back to its TV ads beginning Monday to tout, to tout the chain's test run of robot pizza delivery downtown in Houston. A news Bad release idea. from Domino's said that Neuro R2 driverless car is more than a match for the Gremlins pizza spoiling insurgency. I watched that commercial, uh, the pizza delivery car, and um, how did we know that the Noid was going to make a comeback? Like, who would have saw this coming? It's like the show willed it into existence. <laughs> because if you speak of it, chances are it's going to happen. I don't understand the crossover with Crash Bandicoot. Mm -mm. That that doesn't. Really, I guess wanted to attach him to a known property, would be my guess. But the, I want to talk about this robot pizza delivery thing. I've seen enough sci-fi movies to know that any type of automated machine like that or any type of artificial intelligence is a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, do you have I, to actually go out to it to get your pizza, or does it deliver it to your door? Is there, like, a little robot that pops out the side that grabs the pizza and, like, runs it up to your door? Like, what? What? how does that work? I like to think the car transforms, and it's like Optimus Prime delivers your pizza. <laughs> this is a weird article, too. Like, what does running that for the House of Representatives have to do with Crash Bandicoot? I guess they're talking about the, the game's age, uh, which I, I forgot that... You had to be at least 35 to run for president. Hey, that means at the next election, I can run. Yeah. But this sentence, like like, in the game, Noid is a mini-boss opposing Crash who is only old enough to run for the House of Representatives. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I think it's just a play on the the first sentence. Did you know the Noid is officially old enough to run for president? I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> but it sounds very forced. I... I'm not really big on mobile games anyway. Yeah, me neither. And, like, I, I had heard of this game before the Noid announcement came out, but if I was looking for a reason not to play it, I think, <laughs> I think we got it. I don't think I have a single uh, phone or a game on my phone. I did play Super Mario Run when I, it first came out, and, and it... It wasn't too bad, but I'm I'm not really big on the infinite runner type of games. Yeah. They they did they did a couple of those uh, with Sonic for the Wii with like Sonic and the Secret Rings and I think Sonic and the Black Knight, where Sonic is just constantly running. Like you yeah. can control him, but he's always moving. Uh, that those types of games have never really appealed to me. I think the last game I had on my phone was 
words with friends like eight or nine years ago. Uh, friendships were tested with words with friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this I've been excited to talk about because we, we had several people send this story to us. And this uh, comes to us from Tyler Watson in addition to several others. But uh, Super Potato, Japan's legendary game store, opens its very own international eBay shop. This is from NintendoLife.com. One of the world's most famous video game stores, Japan's Super Potato, has finally opened up for international business thanks to its new worldwide eBay account. It might seem pretty strange seeing a shop be described as legendary, but for gamers everywhere, Super Potato really is as good as a store can get. Uh, the brand is actually, it has around 10 stores in total, uh, but the main one in Tokyo has become something of a tourist destination as well as a frequent stop for Japanese locals. Described as a museum as much as a shop, the flagship store, which is spread across three entire floors, boasts a vast array of video game, anime, and manga products with a focus on rare Japanese video games, uh, or retro games, I should say. Now these products will be offered up to international buyers, although prices aren't cheap. According to eBay, some of the store's featured items are way above average in the price department. Yeah. Th this is... People are going to spend a lot of money mm -hmm. on this. <laughs> Do I wish I had it? Absolutely. But I'm, I would be very curious to see what some of these games go for on eBay. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, so some of the featured items here. You've got, uh, and of course, these are Super Famicom uh, games. Right. Uh, you got Super Metroid with box and manual, $120. Uh, Final Fight Guy with box and manual. Uh, and CD. Uh, looks like the soundtrack came with it, 153.47. Yeah, these are, uh, of course, you got Rockman X, which is, of course, Mega Man in America, uh, $89.28. So, yeah, so it's uh, quite pricey. I've got, one, I've got one for you. So, Castlevania, the Japanese version, with box and manual, would you like to guess how much it is for the Famicom? With box and manual for the Famicom. I'm just going to say $400. $778.59. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little out of my price range. You can get it without the box and manual for $329. Good Lord, man. Let's see. I'm trying to find some more. Uh, Kid Dracula with box and manual is two sixty five. I wouldn't mind having a Super Famicom though. Yeah, it's got a picture here with a bunch of Super Famicoms, like just ready to be sold, all wrapped up and ready to be sold. I wouldn't mind oh. actually having one. Oh, this is cool. They have a clear original Game Boy. What? I didn't know those existed. There's no telling what's in this store. I would love to go to Japan and go to this store. I would spend so much money. Oh, God. Oh, this thing looks really cool. It comes with the box and everything, and the condition looks great. Yeah, $235. Yeah, I shouldn't be looking at this. This is dangerous. Yeah, the, the problem is, like, I don't think 235 for a clear Game Boy with box with manual in great condition for 235 I don't think is completely outrageous. Yeah. But still. Uh, yeah, even, yeah, Super Metroid 120 uh, <laughs> in 64 is 85 Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot on mm -hmm. here. God, could you imagine what a copy of Earthbound would go for? Oh, man, I don't even want to know. It, Do they have would, any? Did you look and see if they had one? Yeah, I didn't see any. I mean, it would have been near or at the top. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I didn't see it. But yeah, I could spend a lot of money. Yeah. With, with that, this is dangerous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, another email from Armez Jackson. This is from NintendoEverything.com. Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Launch trailer. Uh, Graffiti Games and Snoozy Kazoo have prepared to, uh, a launch trailer for Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, the new action-adventure title for Switch. 
Um, Turnip Boy can be purchased now on the Switch eShop. Uh, find out more details about the game. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at the actual trailer here, um, but I like the art style for the game. Uh, let's see. It will uh, be available digitally April 22nd. Um, it says, In Turnip Boy players take control of an adorable turnip who happens to be an absolute menace to society. After failing to pay taxes and getting evicted from his home, Turnip Boy must go on an epic quest to pay back his massive debt to Mayor Onion. Garden tools to solve fan plantastic puzzles, meet eccentric vegetables and fruits, and take on treacherous fights. Along the journey, uncover what's spoiling this garden community and rise to tear down the corrupt vegetable government. Actually seems kind of fun. So I'm looking at the trailer right now, actually, and it looks like a blast. <laughs> Like, it's literally, you're going from screen to screen, and you're just wrecking things. <laughs> it's awesome. And I love the art style. It it reminds me, believe it or not, a little bit of Link to the Past, as really? far as, like, that, to that top-down view. But everything's really, like, bright and vibrant. It has a little bit of, like, um, yeah, like, kind of like an artistic style look, almost like a drawing yeah. kind of deal. It, it looks fun. Yeah, I'm taking a look at the uh, the trailer right now. And it's got a weird kind of... It's like 3D, but... Oh, yeah, here's the gameplay. It does look like uh, Link to the Past. Wow. And I, and I love the name Snoozy Kazoo. This looks fun. I must play this. I have to play this. I wonder if they yes, got this idea from... Uh, um. Animal Crossing with the the turnip lady. No lie, when I saw the link to this, I was like, "Oh, here's another Animal Crossing story." Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought too when I first saw it. Um, this looks really fun. It's got and the actual like um, animated parts of the trailer kind of have like a weird, almost like a Peppa Pig look to it, almost. If you get my meaning with the with the yeah. way things are drawn. Um, yeah. But the actual gameplay looks a lot like. Uh, um, link to the past so I am very much interested in this and this is for the switch so I, I have been looking for something to play yeah hmm. I almost pulled the trigger on a couple of games the other day but I was like ah, I got too much to do right yeah. now because I, I still have to decide on what I want to review because it's it's going to be my last review for a while. Yeah. That's why I picked so, Pac-Man 99 for tonight, because I haven't been playing anything else but Pac-Man 99. Yeah, I mean, I've just been so busy with everything else that I haven't had much of a chance. I mean, I've dabbled into Retromania Wrestling. Mm -hmm. I've dabbled into Crash yeah, Bandicoot. I almost got that this weekend. I was like, eh, I don't have time to play it right now. Yeah. This looks fun, though. Yeah. I, I might have to might have to give this a shot. Yeah, definitely. Everybody go check this out, Turnip Boy. Um, at least go look at that. I'm sure they've got the trailer up in the uh, the Switch store. So go check out the trailer and give yeah. it a whirl. All right, so our next story also comes to us from Armez Jackson. This is from NintendoLife.com. Oddventure is a new Earthbound and Undertale-inspired RPG coming to Switch in 2022. Polish indie publisher Pineapple Works. Uh, the names of these companies have just been great in the articles that we've read today. <laughs> has announced that Oddventure, an RPG inspired by the likes of Earthbound and Undertale, will be making its way to Switch next year. Developed by Infamous Rabbit, the game's described as a lore-rich, turn-based, crazy JRPG set in a cursed fairy tale world. While a quarter three 2022 release window, excuse me, has already been penciled in for both Switch and PC. A Kickstarter will go live next month in an attempt to support the game's development. It's a JRPG where you play as Charlie, a nihilistic and rebellious teenage girl with anger issues and social awkwardness. I'm already sold. <laughs> uh, your search for troublesome younger brother, Bonzo, is also looking for a way back home. The setting for Charlie's misadventures is the kingdom of Luxia, a land taken straight out of original Grimm Brothers or fairy tales with a dark twist. Yeah, this um, I was look taking a little bit of uh, a look at the um, gameplay here. It does ha look a lot like Earthbound. Let's like see what that we got style. here. So I think if you're yeah. into that 16-bit RPG, 
type of feel, this is definitely up your alley. The environment reminds me a lot of Earthbound, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that mushroom looks like it came straight out of Earthbound because yeah. that was uh you would fight mushrooms in certain parts of the game. Yeah, th- this looks fun. This actually looks really cool. I- I'll have to keep this on my radar because th- this would be right up my alley. And just the the story, the fact that you're playing a nihilistic and rebellious mm-hmm. teenage girl is hilarious to me. I like this here. It says meaningful choices. Every decision matters. Sometimes in the most unpredictable ways. The friendly JRPG where nobody has to die, dot, 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 but can in a horrible way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. I like it. Yeah. There's also a free demo on Steam. Okay. If you want to check it out. And then the Kickstarter goes live on May 6th. Fantastic. This looks like something I might be really into. You can't look at the perks yet. I just opened the the Kickstarter link, and okay. it just says coming soon. So yeah, May sixth is what to, uh, next week. Yep, next uh, Thursday. Oh, not too far. Yeah. So if you're interested, um, just head over to NintendoLife.com and uh, look up the article Adventure uh, if you want to. If you're interested in uh, helping out with the Kickstarter. Yep. Let's see. Uh, this is from who sent this to us? This, this is, is from, from also Armes Jackson. Armes, Armes Jackson was busy this week, man. He, he put in some work. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, from NintendoLife.com. Uh, what's a uh, welcome, Stollis, to the uh, the chat room? Glad to see you here. Yes, um, welcome, Stollis. This is from NintendoLife.com. This is a rumor, but the voice of Metal Gear Solid Snake hints that a second remake is on the way. Uh, <clears throat> David Hayter, that's a name right there, the man who voiced Super Soldier Snake in multiple Metal Gear Solid entries before vacating the role for Hollywood star Kiefer Sutherland, has suggested that Konami is planning to remake the original Metal Gear, Gear Solid for a second time. <clears throat> he dropped the hint during a conversation with YouTuber Dan Allen saying, I thought it was just a rumor until the day before yesterday when I got a text from one of the insiders saying they heard it might really be happening. I only had some confirmation that it might not be a rumor a couple of days ago, and even that was still a rumor. But now it's an industry rumor, so that tends to be a little more accurate. Um, It was originally remade for the GameCube in 2004 under the title Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes. Um, Did you ever play any of those Metal Gear games back in the day? I was never a big Metal Gear fan. I'll be completely honest. I had no idea that the original game had already been remade Mm-mm. for the GameCube. Like I, I had no idea that this even existed. It came out March 9th, 2004. I'm actually, if I were to play a metal gear game, it might be this one. Cause I do like the GameCube. Yeah. I didn't even know huh. they put a metal gear game on the GameCube. I thought it was a play. I thought I always thought it was like, it went from Nintendo to PlayStation. Yeah. I thought the same thing. That's really interesting. I, I'll have to look into that and see if there might be able to find a copy around here. Yeah, there's a, a, a long history with Metal Gear that, you know, I I just don't know much about it. Like like I said, I knew about the Metal Gear games back in the original Nintendo days with, of course, Metal Gear. And then what was the second one? Uh, Snake's Revenge. And yep. then I don't remember anything after that until they started doing all the PlayStation exclusives. Which I don't really remember when that started. I mean, I remember Solid Snake and, you know, Metal Gear 5 and all that. But there's like a dark period there where, like, I don't know anything about Metal Gear. Yeah, I know little to nothing about it. I think it'd be cool. Like, I I wouldn't mind playing the Twin Snakes for GameCube because we've never really, we've never reviewed a Metal Gear game. Yeah. So, why not? Might be better for you to do it because you know me. I don't like stealth games at all. Yeah, and I I've never even touched a Metal Gear game, so I, I'd be willing to give it a shot. It just it, it's kind of interesting, and the reason I really wanted to bring this up is because I, I you know we talk about it a lot about how Konami has a lot of really cool um, uh, uh, you know IPs that they're just not doing anything with right now. Like Konami's doing nothing but making. I think Plinko machines or something uh, in Japan. Like maybe, maybe just maybe, if 
this does, you know, they, they if they bring back, you know, Metal Gear and start doing some remakes of the older Metal Gear games, maybe they'll start working on some new Castlevania stuff. You know, I, I maybe like Fingers in a crossed. perfect world we get a new Contra. <laughs> you know, like why not? It's a new Contra game would be amaze balls at this point. Could it be called Ultra C? Yeah, why not? I'd love to see it. Yeah. Come on, Konami, you got so much good stuff. Just waiting. Oh, they did do a Contra game last year. How did I miss this? Oh, nobody liked it. (laughs) Well, maybe that's why I didn't hear about it. (laughs) Maybe it's for the best that you didn't. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But um, we're going to skip this month of video game history. Uh, There's not really much. We're already dry on April. Not much gaming history for, for the month of April. Yeah, April is is pretty like there are a couple of months throughout the year like April's one. I think February is pretty dry. Yeah, it's usually the early months of the year that are pretty dry. Like November and December are always jam packed because yeah. companies are trying to release games for the holidays. There's usually like July and August I think are are pretty big with summer releases and everything. But yeah, figure you know we'll we'll uh, we'll get back to it in May. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the last month in April. We've already done, like, what, five shows this month? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, before we go into our our review for tonight, Derek has shout-outs. As always, we like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Armas Jackson. Thank you for all the news stories this week. That was awesome. Uh, Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Justin Olson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, Gus and Penny, and Jason May. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions to the show. And because you have kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks just like brain scan. Yes. Like we did last night. And I'll be honest, that might be like top three favorite commentary track that I feel like we've ever done. Really? It. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Well, it was a good movie to do. I mean, I know it's not the greatest yeah. movie, but it's not the worst either. Oh, and this is a mild spoiler, but I think Wally summed it up best. It's a great movie to watch with a group of people. Yeah. If you're watching it by yourself, it's... I I didn't entirely dislike the movie, but it's definitely one that you want to get a bunch of people together and you can have some fun at at the movie's expense at at times. But uh, this was a really fun commentary track to do, so uh, we'll probably do another poll for the month of May so you guys can decide on what we would like to do or what you would like us to do. Uh, If you want to be a part of that, vote on other show topics as well. Just head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, send us your social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or email, uh, so we can give you a proper shout-out. Yes, and tonight we're going to be talking about... Uh, championship edition pac-man's had some great music like i could just sit and listen to that all day and it's funny because when you think of pac-man you don't really think of music other than the little jingle you'd hear at the original game the but it never really had music so it's interesting that it adds good music as the series progresses uh randy bailey joins us in the chat room as metal randy one name change (laughs) welcome Welcome. Uh, Let's see. Pac-Man 99 is a 2021 Battle Royale maze video game developed by Arika and published by Bandai Namco Entertainment for the Nintendo Switch through its Nintendo Switch Online service. It was announced on social media sites on April 6th and was released on April 7th. Um, 
I am a huge fan um, of the the Pac-Man. Like, I love original Pac-Man. I think Miss Pac-Man is probably still one of my favorite um, arcade games of all time. Like, I see a Miss Pac-Man machine, and I'm instantly drawn towards it. Like, I just have to play. Um, and Pac-Man Championship Edition, the first one, is still one of the most addictive, greatest versions of Pac-Man that's ever been made. Like, that game was so ridiculously perfect and good. Like, it just... I couldn't stop playing it when I first got it. And there's, like, that such... It was perfection. Like, I can't... There's no getting around it. That game was so great. Um, that's kind of what I was hoping was going to happen with Pac-Man 99. And, the, and they did take a few elements from uh, the Pac-Man Championship series um, with Pac-Man 99. And the way it works is... Uh, you start as Pac-Man, of course, um, and you go through the maze, but you have two different things like, um, you know how on Tetris 99 or, um, you kind of have like different attacks that you do, um, that you can like send to the other players, you know, you can like, uh, defend and do all that kind of stuff. Um, do the kind of the same thing here, um, by, um, of course, eating the, the power pellets and eating the ghosts. Um, and you can send, like, there's different settings you can do for attacks for the other person, but there's also different things you can do for yourself as well, like uh, make yourself faster or, um, like, different things you can do. Like, it's really hard to describe. You just have to actually play it. And if you've played the other 99 games, like Tetris 99 or Mario 35, you kind of get how to do it. Um, it, take, it takes a little bit of, um, you know, it takes a little bit from those games. And, but the, here's the thing. It's the, there's not a whole lot to it. Um, it, it does get kind of um, repetitious. And by that, I mean that, there's no kind of change in the maze. It's always the same maze over and over again. Um, you know, the game does kind of get faster and faster, and it's not really that hard. Um, oh, hush, Rampage. <laughs> um, Pac-Man 99 is a good game. I'm not saying it's a bad game. Um, but it's definitely not as good as the other 99 games that they've put out like I actually much prefer that they would have kept Super Mario 35 around I had much more fun playing Super Mario 35 because the Pac-Man tends to get a little old after a while like I said it's just the same maze over and over again and you sort of have your same little patterns that you do and I think the highest I've gotten is three I think uh third place um because it, it does get kind of hard towards the end of uh, you know, the higher you get, you get um, uh, these red Pac-Men that you can't get rid of on the screen, and they chase you around along with the ghosts, so you can get cornered very easily, so you have to be very quick on your feet, but I don't know. Have you played it yet? I have not. Um, I really need to because I love Tetris 99. I thought Mario 35 was great. You actually answered my biggest question about Pac-Man 99 is that does the maze change? No, it does not. As you progress, which I, I find to be a little surprising. <coughs> yeah, you me know, too. I, I, thought, <clears throat> I thought they would actually even do some slight modifications to it, but yeah. that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, and that was something that was really surprising to me, like that, that, that you would think after every time you, like, you, know, you clear your board, you would get a different board next to make it a little more... not super challenging but keep it interesting you know but because they keep it the, the same maze over and over again it's just kind of like you have your certain patterns that you follow and you, i find it hard to break that once i get into the habit of a pattern um and let's see let me try to uh, uh here's the gameplay um description in on the wikipedia page page. Uh, player will be playing alongside 98 others. Their screens being visible to the player and are displayed on the left and right. When one player chooses to target another, every ghost Pac-Man eats will cause a jammer Pac-Man to be sent to the opponent. 
which will target their Pac-Man and slow them down on impact, but can be removed by eating a power pellet. Red variants of the Jammer Pac-Man will eliminate the player on impact and become still when the player has a power pellet active. Red Jammer Pac-Man are eliminated when the player eats a fruit. There are also sleeping ghosts that, when eaten, create a train of miniature clones behind ghosts, which can be eaten to overwhelm the opponents with enemies when a power pellet is active. After eating a certain amount of pack dots, a bonus fruit appears and generates a new maze when eaten along with the sleeping ghosts, allowing the player to continue attacking other players. When a player comes in contact with a ghost, they are eliminated from the pool of 99 players. This continues until one player remains, them being the winner of the match. Um, yeah, and it says, uh, you know, when you eat a new fruit, a new maze appears, but it doesn't. It just refreshes the maze, basically, whenever you eat a, a piece of fruit. So there's not really a maze change. It's just, uh, you know, refreshes that maze. I'm not going to lie. That's a little disappointing. Yeah, it it has been a bit disappointing. That and that's why I wanted to bring it up because honestly, I mean, if they're going to keep Tetris ninety nine around, why did they yank Super Mario thirty five? Like, there's plenty of room for these battle royale games. I thought getting rid of Mario thirty five was just a stupid decision because I actually prefer Mario thirty five to Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, and I and I love Tetris ninety nine, and I'm sure there'll be more that come out throughout the year i mean i i personally i'm waiting for them to do a sonic battle royale like that would just be such mass chaos it would be fun but i I do want to play this one as well because like you i mean who didn't play pac-man yeah at some point as a kid like it's almost like i don't want to say a rite of passage when it comes to being a gamer but everyone's played pac-man at least once in their life so yeah I, I would love to check this out, and this answers, you know, several questions that I had about it as far as what the obstacles would be. You know, because you, you look at Mario 35 and you have, like, the other enemies that will appear. Mm-hmm. You might have Bowser randomly appear in World 1-1, which mm-hmm. freaked me out the first time <laughs> that it happened. Same thing with, you know, Tetris with the, the other building blocks that would come along. So I, I was very curious about that. I mean... It does sound like a really fun game. The The lack of map variety does disappoint me a little bit, but I don't think it would really entirely take away from the experience. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think the lack of variety really doesn't do it much justice um, because you know Mario 35 was such a great version of that Battle Royale thing that they're doing. And, you know, Tetris started it off, and Tetris is such, lends itself so perfectly to a Battle Royale type of situation like that. Um, I just feel like the the Pac-Man is so half-assed. Like, it's, they could have done so much more with it, but it's just kind of bland. Like, after you put, I've been playing it a lot, don't get me wrong, because I just, I love Pac-Man, I love playing Pac-Man. But it's so bland. Like, there's not much to it. And all the extra stuff, like, you play Tetris 99, you play Super Mario 35, and the more you play the game, you would get cool stuff, like, you know, new icons and new backgrounds and and things like that, the higher you got. But with Pac-Man, you have to pay for all that stuff. And it's like, it's not enticing at all to spend money on this game like i i don't like and what's the point of leveling up if i'm not you know getting anything from leveling up like i can't level up and use like points to buy like a new background or a new icon it's just sort of like all that stuff is behind a paywall and it's it kind of sucks actually i feel like i have to ha- i have to retract some of my <laughs> Praise for it. Yeah, I, that that's that bothers me. I I get it to a point, but to me, with games like this, you shouldn't have to to pay for stuff like that. Like yeah. I, I think that's a little bit of nickel and diming going on. Yeah, and that sucks because you know they released DLC. Uh, let's see, you can you you have to in order to do private matches and score attack modes, uh, and also several themes. It's a uh, 
an unlockable DLC that's purchasable. Um, special DLC themes were released separately, uh, which changed the look that uh, changed the look of the graphics um, based on other Namco games like Galaga, Dig Dug, Exevious, uh, see Mappy, um, some of the other games we've talked about before, Rolling Thunder, Dragon Spirit, um, which is cool. Like I. I don't. I don't want to have to pay for that stuff. Like if I'm gonna play, you know, Pac-Man '99 and go up and rank. Like why not give me like the other games do and allow me to save up points to get a new background or a new skin or you know a new player icon. Like that just kind of. It's so underwhelming. Like. I like Pac-Man, don't get me wrong, but there's not enough to this game to like make me go, hey, I want to plop down money on this. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that. It's I understand DLC to a point. And when it comes to purchasable DLC that you have to pay for it, but I just keep going back to the fact that to me the that that shouldn't be included in these types of games. Yeah. Like with a battle royale, you just should be able to download it and play it. And if you are able to earn more things, great. Like you could get the little stickers in Mario 35. Yeah. Or like, you know, be able to change your, your avatar or whatever. But that that's, I, that, that just kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. And like I said, I, I'm interested to see, you know, what other 99 games they're going to come out with? Because this is definitely not going to be the last. Um, but I really it's do... successful for it not to be. Yeah, I really do hope in the future that they do bring Super Mario 35 back or allow us to buy it. If, if you don't want to allow it to be for free on Nintendo Switch, then make it a 5 or a $10 game on the Switch store and let us play it. You know, let us pay for it and play it. Now that game I would pay for and play because there was so Same. much to the Mario 35. Like it, it was an immersive, um, you know, it was really fun to do. It was fun to play. It was fun to rank up and get like different themes and character icons. Like it was so fun to do and to have it be completely replaced with this is kind of like, you know, <clears throat> it's like, I I don't know what what to compare it to. I mean, it's like it's like comparing you know steak to you know uh, a frozen hamburger. <laughs> like you know, it's just not even comparable. Steak to spam. Yeah, exactly. They it, it, you're talking about Super Mario Thirty Five is steak, and Pac Man Thirty Five is you know fried spam. <laughs> well, at least you fried it. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets the job done, but it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So what what would you give Pac-Man 99 scale of 1 to 10? Oh, it's so right there in the middle. Out of 10, yeah, I mean, it's getting a 5. And and I if it would have at least given me some variation with the, you know, the map and have it change or you know, at least let me spend points to, like, get a new skin or whatever. Like, it would have scored higher, but it's just kind of bland, middle of the road. You have to pay for stuff you shouldn't have to pay for. Feels like a money grab on Namco's part, and that kind of sucks. Yeah. Maybe times are tough with Namco. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Because if it would have been more closer to, like, a championship edition sort of gameplay experience, which is what I was expecting, it would have been way better. But, like I said, it's just so middle of the road. Like, they just sort of half-assed it, threw it out there, and was like, oh, well, we can put this on the Nintendo Switch online, and people will pay for new skin, for Dig Dug skin. Like, do you know anybody that's bought a a skin pack for this or I, I nope. don't know. Nope. I mean, I would say if you're a Pac-Man fan, it's fun to play. And, you know, I have played it a lot because like I said, I enjoy playing Pac-Man, but if I had my choice, I would rather just play championship edition. 
Yeah, from from what you said, and I haven't played Pac-Man 99 yet, but it, it makes me a little more leery. Yeah. I just hope they don't keep going this downhill model for the 99 games. Like, if we get Zelda 99 or whatever, something like that soon, don't put everything behind a paywall. <laughs> like, yeah. Let me earn stuff. Randy Bailey says that fried spam is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Are you Hawaiian, sir? <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, in fiscal year 2019, the net income of Bandai Namco amounted to approximately $571.71 oh, wow. U.S. dollars worldwide. That's a lot of money. That's a half a billion dollars still for yeah. Bandai Namco. That's crazy. I would not have thought it would have been that much. I don't know. And honestly, I would rather just go back and just play Miss Pac-Man. Like Miss Pac-Man is still the superior Pac-Man game of all time. Like Miss Pac-Man is so great. I would agree with that. Even the the Atari version was good. The Atari version was way better than the Pac-Man version. Never played the Atari version, but when it comes to like ranking Pac-Man games, Miss Pac-Man is definitely number 1. Yeah. And I have a I have that theory still that every single pizzeria in America has a Miss Pac-Man machine in it. Somewhere, even if it's in storage. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's going to do it for this evening. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, throw out there for the people before we leave this evening? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, as always, check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. This week, I rant about the Oscars. <laughs> um, I made the decision to uh, do an impromptu live show after the Oscars happened. And you know, those who follow the Oscars know why it was not very well received. Yeah. But it, it was it was fun doing, because usually when I do shows like that, I wait a couple of days to really kind of let it simmer. But this mm. was more like a just a, a raw reaction to it. But honestly, like my opinion of it hasn't changed. I'll say this, it was not a favorable one. So... I don't bash too many things on my show, but hmm. th this one I did. And I also interview a filmmaker that we both know, uh, Nick Smith, who is based out mm -hmm. of uh, Fort Walton Beach. He had um, his latest short film, Ask Astrid, which I had the pleasure of working on last August, was accepted into the Pensacon Short Film Festival. So yeah. uh, he came on the show to talk about that. I will say Pensacon Month starts this week on my show. Every week between now and the week of Pensacon features either a filmmaker whose work has been accepted into the festival or some celebrity guests. Yeah, nice. Dude, I haven't I can't remember the last time I cared about the Oscars. <laughs> Honestly. Well uh, it's just gotten so like I think the last time I watched it was probably three or four years ago. And it's like it's four hours long and it's just like, oh come on. Just May give it a two-hour cap. Like, two hours. Yeah, no. Well, and to me, it doesn't have anything to do with the politicalness of it. It's because growing up and even, you know, into adulthood, I felt like there were at least a few awards that would have someone that I actually liked or, like, I liked a certain movie or I liked, you know, someone who's nominated for Best Actor or Best Actress. So I felt invested in it. Yeah. And it gave me a reason to watch, but this year, and, and part of it was due to, to COVID and a lot of movies getting pushed back, but it just didn't have that same appeal. Cause I, I'd heard this idea and I actually really liked it. What they should have done instead of hosting a traditional Oscars, they should have done a telethon and bring in your A-list celebrities that are there at the Oscars every year. And all the money they raise goes towards healthcare workers who struggled during COVID. Oh, yeah. That's not a bad I idea. Would, I thought that would have been a fantastic story, but that didn't happen. Yeah, and they need to so, add, uh, you know, some categories that people give a crap about, like best sci-fi movie, best horror movie. You know. If you want to talk about one that I think would be great for filmmakers, best first-time feature filmmaker yeah. would be a great award. Yeah, I don't know what they can do to improve the Oscars. I think it's just gotten so overblown, like oh, like just bloated and just I don't know. It's like kind of like 
I liked watching the Oscars when I was younger. And it always seemed like they had, like, great hosts. You know, like, Billy Crystal was always great. And, you know, like, people like that. But they didn't, I don't know, just sort of just getting so bloated and bland and just, ugh. Like, I don't want to watch four hours of this. Yeah, it wasn't the most exciting show. Yeah. I will say <laughs> that. I mean, I, I give them credit for trying due to the pandemic, but yeah. I think they should have just done something else. Exactly. That's just me. Oh, also, I, I want to give uh, so a couple of people have mentioned specifically Randy Bailey and Rampage said that I should post a poll about uh, whether my hair parts to the left or to the right. <laughs> Ran- Randy says that it's flipped in the front. I'm going to post that on Patreon. Uh-huh. I'm going to post those three options. I want to see what people vote. For. <laughs> if you win, you get a prize pack. <laughs> <laughs> you you get a. I don't know. I'll think of something. <laughs> um, well, go check out Open Micers. We put out a ton of content this last weekend. We did our uh, crossover event with uh, Burning the Set List, um, which was a really cool show. Um, we put out a bunch of content over the weekend. So just go check out the Open Micers podcast. And um, it's at Open Micers on Twitter and Open Micers podcast on Facebook. So, Derek, anything else before we leave this evening? think that's it, my friend. Let's do it. Uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Send us articles or questions, comments, whatever you got right over there. Um, we're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. Go buy a shirt or a mask or whatever. We got all kind of stuff for sale at ncrmerch.com. And we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where you throw us a couple bucks a month and we keep doing those commentary tracks every single month. So if you want to keep that going, keep us above the $50 level. Can't do that. Can't afford a shirt. Can't give us a couple bucks a month. I understand. Go leave us a review wherever podcasts are sold. So Derek, what? tell them what it's all about. Never rub another man's rhubarb. Yeah. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs>